two weeks ago, excuse me, two weeks ago, Reese Nealon preached, and he preached on uh, the first half of the text here that we're going to look at and broke down how we're in a spiritual battle. And uh, there is an actual foe, and uh, he is the deceiver, he is a liar, accuser, and that is Satan himself. And he's not just this uh, figure of evil, but an actual uh, uh, evil being there, which you I are, are in conflict with. And uh, so we're going to actually talk about, because he mentioned how if you come back, we'll talk about how to win the battle. And so we're going to talk about how to win the spiritual battle. Now, I know we have a number of competitive people in here. I know we have a number of competitive people in here. I played some games with you guys. And uh, people say I'm competitive, but uh, really my wife is competitive. Uh, Karina is more competitive than me. She's a little, you know, less loud than I am, but she's more competitive than I am. And it's, it's influenced my daughter. Um, I think she gets it from Karina, but my oldest daughter, baby girl, she is, uh, it's kind of weird, and uh, I'm a little concerned, uh, but she, she's crazy competitive, and uh, she always wants to win, and I'm like, where do you get this from? Because we don't really compete, and uh, I think it is from her mama, um, and, and so like even yesterday, we went and got some ice cream, and we're there, and she's eating her ice cream, and she says, I'm going to win you, daddy, and I, win at what? We're not competing. I thought we were enjoying our time eating, eating ice cream. And she's like, I'm going to eat it first. And I'm like, oh, okay. But she always wants to beat us at something. And so I don't know what we've done to her. Uh, but, but she's competitive. And I know some of us, we're not like that. We're easy going, hey, it's okay. I don't mind. You, you know what I mean? And that's fine. But we know as the stakes get higher, we want to win even more. Right? I mean, we know that there's certain things in life we're fine with just, it's okay. I don't, I don't really mind if I lose or if I win. But we know when the stakes are higher, the things are more significant, the things that are more important to our life, we are, are determined to win those things. And so the spiritual battle, I think as well, we need to have a determination, a desire, and see it is the battle and the thing that we must win. Amen? There's nothing greater, there's nothing more valuable then what's at stake when it comes to the spiritual battle? Because what's at stake? It's eternity. What's at stake is our salvation. What's at stake is our very souls. And so the title of the lesson here today is, USC will win the spiritual battle. USC will win the spiritual battle. USC being unrelenting soldiers of Christ. But if you do want to make the school application, go ahead and make that as well. Didn't mention, but I am a Trojan there if you didn't get the hint from that. But I did steal the title from recently. He gave me that, and it's true. Unrelenting soldiers of Christ will win the spiritual battle. And so the first point here is we have to put on the armor of God. Let's put on the armor of God. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 6. Amen? Are you guys with me here? Now, for those visiting here, I, I, do, I, I can't preach with a quiet uh, group. Uh, so we got to have a lot of interaction. All right, so I see you, Justin. I want to hear some amens coming from you. You know what I'm saying? Amen. There you go. I like to add some bass in there, too. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. Reese looked over verses 10 through 13, but in order for us to really understand the armor of God, we have to read 10 through 13 again. Amen? Let's read it. Finally, be strong in the Lord 
and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We'll stop right there. The Bible says to put on the full armor of God. It actually says it twice, to put on the full armor of God. And, and just when you hear this term, put on, it automatically means that, hey, this is something we have to make a conscious effort to do. It's kind of like your clothes that you put on today, and so many of you look so nice. But you had to make a decision, hey, this is what I'm going to put on. You just didn't wake up. Well, maybe some of you did, but you just didn't wake up and your clothes were on. <laughs> You, you know what I'm saying? Maybe there's a couple of brothers in the campus ministry who, who might have did that. But, you know, you, you have to put on the full armor of God. You have to take an, a conscious effort to do so. Why? Because it's not something that we naturally do or that we naturally already have. You guys see what I'm saying here? It's something that we have to put on. And it says what put on what? The armor of God. It didn't say put on just armor. It didn't say put on some great attributes or, or get in shape. It says put on the armor of God. So what does it mean? It's God's armor and not ours. If we're in a spiritual battle, we need spiritual defenses and spiritual weapons. We can't battle this with our own character, our own charisma, our talents, our experiences. We need to put on the full armor of God. God. You see, our strength, our character, our talents, our brains, that won't cut it. So if we expect to win this battle, we're in some deep trouble. In fact, let me give you an example here just for us to understand it and hopefully have a little fun. Hey, Kevin, can, Kevin Olivello in the team ministry, can you come up here, please? Thank you. Thank you. Right, just imagine here if Kevin signed up truly for the military and he was going to go into battle with this on. Put this on, please. Here is your, your shield, there is your dagger. I even have some gloves for you, but don't worry about that right now. Now imagine, now show everybody your fierce, menacing look. Ah. I'm scared. Now imagine how foolish it would be if this man went over and tried to fight somebody looking like this. <laughs> then now think about that, really. If he came in and was like, hey, Marines, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Sign me up. I mean, give him that menacing look again. Uh -uh. Yeah. 
going to do when he gets to the, to the battlefield? <laughs> it's foolish. He's not prepared. He doesn't have the right equipment. He doesn't have the right armor, nor does he have the proper weapons to engage in the battle that it requires. So imagine this is our talent, this is our character, this is our experiences. You fill in the blank and you're going into the spiritual battle thinking you're going to win. Satan will eat us alive. That's why we have to put on the full armor of God. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. Yeah, take it for now. I'll need it back. Let's break down this full armor of God. Let's go to the picture there. Here we go. And so here's, as Paul's describing this to the Ephesian church here, He's actually using, everybody's convinced here that he's using the, uh, the image of the Roman soldier of the time. And so as everybody would have understood this, it's like if we were describing a, uh, a person in the Marines and we were describing the, their, their military outfit, we would all understand clearly what it is that we're referring to. And so Paul here is using the image of, of what is the, the ruling army and nation of the day, and that's the Roman soldiers. And he starts to go in, and as, as he's looking, he describes how we can make spiritual application here for our own spiritual battle. So let's break down here some of the things here that, that is mentioned in the armor of God. Amen? It says the belt of truth. That's the first thing that it mentions. And so the belt of truth there, as we can see, for the children of God, here's the blessing that we have. We have the truth. That is not to be undervalued, understated. We have the truth. But when you put on, you strap on the belt of truth, it means you're actually living by the truth. You're actually a man or woman of truth, of honesty and integrity. And the belt for the Roman soldier actually held up the rest of the armor that they're wearing. So if you were to remove the belt or the belt was loose in some form, guess what would happen to the rest of his military outfit? It would be loose. It would be ineffective. So how important then is the truth for you and me? Vital. Because without it, if we don't have the truth, nor living by the truth, nor being people of the truth, then everything else will falter. And we will again have zero success in the spiritual battle. But just think about this. We understand this. Once a little bit of lies or deceit comes into your life, what happens to the rest of your life? It it starts to take a toll. It starts to affect you. When you have a little bit of deceit, what happens? That grows into more deceit. When you have a little bit of lies, it grows into more lies. If we're willing to lie about something small, we'll lie about something big. And what corrodes our character and even our very soul? We got to make sure we put on the belt of truth. Then it goes on and talks about the breastplate of righteousness. As we can see in the picture there, the breastplates of righteousness, I mean the breastplate there for the Roman soldier guarded the chest and even the back, it covered the front and the back. And so obviously from any type of, you know, uh, st- uh, 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 knives or, or any type of attack to the body, but it obviously guards our vital organs. And so the breastplate of righteousness does the same, it guards our hearts. Proverbs 4, verse 23, God says, hey, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. So we got to make sure this breastplate of righteousness is fitted and on us. And what does that mean? That means for us to be righteous individuals. 
to make decisions followed by actions that are in accordance with God's righteous decrees for our lives. It means daily decisions that I will follow Christ and abide in his word. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Then it talks about the, the being fastened with the, uh, for the feet there with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And maybe you can see on the picture, uh, that, that, that's a little, a little bit inaccurate of how the Romans looked right there. It's a little better of a picture, that, so that's why I use that one. A little more menacing. The other ones are kind of cheesy, and I didn't want you to look at that. And uh, That's not inspiring. So anyhow, but what they had is, and we've probably all maybe seen a picture, but they had these sandals that kind of had these straps on them, and so you had to fasten them around your ankles and maybe to the lower calf there. And at the bottom of the shoe there, or the sandal, were hobnails. And this was designed so that they would have sure footing while they were in battle. Because if you were slipping and falling in battle, what's going to happen? You're, you're going to lose. And so when he says here, hey, look, we have to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. There's a number of things that we can learn and apply for us in our lives. Number one, Christ gives us peace with God. And hallelujah for that. No more is there any, any animosity or division or divide between us and our God. He gives us peace, but he also calls us to be peacemakers. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 5. So we are to go out and now help people bring peace, not division, but actually bring people to unity in Christ, bring people to peace. And we know that we're called to be ambassadors of Christ. So really what we can understand is we receive the peace from Christ, but then we are to go and share that peace of Christ with others. That means sharing our faith. I mean, just think about just with the idea of feet, right, and shoes. You think, I got to run to the battle. I got to engage. I got to help save people who are in danger from Satan's attacks. He talks about the shield of faith. Now, the shield protects from attacks. And the Roman soldiers used to have these big shields that they would use there because in those times uh, when, when people engaged in war, a lot of times they would shoot arrows. And what they would do is they would actually light up the end of the arrow so it's on fire. So as they're shooting arrows, these really are flaming arrows coming towards you. So imagine you're just trying to dodge these arrows. No, you need a shield. One that's sturdy, strong, that could withstand the arrows that are coming at you. Have you ever felt like you have some arrows coming at you in life? Ever feel like Satan's been attacking, just throwing stuff at you? Yeah. Like, man, just, just stop. Well, what can extinguish those is the shield of faith. That means faith, or shall we say trust, in God's power and in his promises. Trusting that what he says is true and what he promises he will deliver on. So as we're receiving all these attacks, we have the shield that says, it's okay, God has my back, God is sovereign over all, I know the victory is sure. The shield of faith. And just think about this, when, you're, when, when, you're, when your faith is down, is it easier for Satan to get in there with you? Have you noticed that when you're discouraged, when your faith is low, what usually happens? You end up either struggling with some type of sin or just giving in to sin. 
But when your faith is up and it's strong, what happens to those temptations? They just go down. It's kind of like Neo in the Matrix, right? When he's got those bullets shooting at him, he just stops them. And the bullets just stand still. And it's like, this is crazy. This has to be the Matrix. No way in real life, you know? And, and then he just drops the bullets, you know? And, and that's really what our faith in God, in the creator of the universe, sun, moon, stars, photosynthesis, the God of all creation, when he says, I have your back and I will deliver you, we can trust in that. And guess what? Satan can't hit us. And then it goes on and talks about the helmet of salvation. What does the helmet do? Obviously, it protects our head. And isn't this where Satan attacks the most? Our, our, our minds, our thoughts, our doubts, our insecurities. This is where Satan really wants to get in. In fact, that's what he's done from the beginning. When Eve and Adam fell into sin, what did he do? He just said, hey, hey uh, you, you, you know, he, he messed with their brain a little bit. Did God really say this? Are you really going to do that? Just putting seeds of doubt. And so we need to strap on the helmet of salvation. And what is it? That's a mind convinced of our salvation. That's a mind that's focused not on the here and now, but on what is to come. A mind that thinks about heaven over earth. It means we're freed from being boggled down by school, by work, by life, by bills. But we focus on the hope of heaven and what eternity is going to be like with our Father. The helmet of salvation. And then he goes on and he talks about the word of God being the sword. And so what is our offensive weapon in this? Because everything so far has kind of been a defensive and now he gets on and he says, here is your weapon. It is the word of God. It is the scriptures. Imagine trying to win a battle by just only being on the defensive. Like you're playing a game of dodgeball, but yet you don't throw the ball back. You're just dodging. I hope they get tired. <laughs> you're still not tired. Like You're not going to win anything. If anything, you're just going to get tired because all you do is keep dodging it. Whew, hey, hey, take, let's take a break, Satan. <laughs> no, this is a battle we have to engage in. And it's this idea and imagery that this is hand-to-hand -hand combat. This isn't something that we're doing from afar. This isn't we're shooting missiles overseas. No, we're in the battle engaging and we're wrestling. And so we need the sword, which is the word of God. That means we have to use the word in the battle. What does that automatically imply? It means we have to read the word. Yeah. It's amazing how even some of us who have been Christians for years, we don't read the word. We don't read the word like we need to. We click or we have our Bible apps or whatever and we get the verse of the day. The verse of the day? The verse of the day? How are you going to go to battle with the verse of the day? David had a slingshot, but come on. You're going to get a pebble and go, here, Satan. Oh, that didn't do it? Ah, you, you know, I mean, this, it's not going to work. We have to read the word. This is our offensive weapon. So that means we got to read it. We have to know it. We have to study this out. Some of us are, 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 you know, well, I don't like to read. Well, listen to the word of God then. 
Your Bible app has a little audio version. We need to consume the Word of God. Because we have to use the Word of God in order to have success in this spiritual battle. What does that mean? Use it. That means we'll, we'll actually follow it. I don't just don't read it. I just don't listen to it. I just don't know it. But I actually put it into practice. That's, that's swinging the sword and properly stabbing the enemy. We have to make sure that we know because even Jesus had to fight off Satan's temptations because Satan twists scripture. Some of us, we get a scripture and we just we use it improperly. And I think most of the times we don't do it on purpose, but sometimes we do because we're trying to justify our sin. Like Al was talking, we're trying to justify what we want to do. So we take this scripture and we take it out of context, and that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He says, look, I know what the people of God, those are the really, you know, unrelenting soldiers of Christ. Like, I, I can't just get them to, to, to you know, with, with some easy stuff. I got to help twist the scripture for them. But when we're reading it, we're consuming it, we're studying it, we know it, we're using it. There's no way he can defeat us that way. It's our offensive weapon. We got to put on the armor so that we can fight the good fight and this will make us unrelenting soldiers of Christ. Now, how often does this battle take place? Daily. It's an everyday battle. So what does that mean for you and me? Every day we must put on the full armor of God. There's not a day that we can go by in which we don't put on the full armor of God. And it says the full armor will help us win the battle. Not just most. And we can't just put on some. Because which one of these can we afford to go into battle without having? Can you afford to have the belt gone? Well, no, that affects the rest of everything. That affects the whole armor. Can we not have the breastplate of righteousness? What about the shield, the sword, the helmet? What can you go into battle with without? None. We need every piece of the armor in order to engage in spiritual battle and have the victory that Christ ensures us. Now, let me say this real briefly. The armor doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean that we'll be perfect in this battle. It doesn't mean that we won't have scars, bruises, or even battle wounds. But what it does, it ensures victory. It ensures victory. We will have scars and bruises, cuts, but we will have victory as unrelenting soldiers of Christ. He even says, so that you can stand against the devil. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, he says, hey, there's a guarantee of your redemption for God's people. John 16, 33, I think I have a slide there, David, might be out of place. But John 16, 33 says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus has already won the war. We just have to win the battles. And it's not even us doing it, it's God doing it in and through and with us. Now, let's think about this again. Let's look here at the armor here. Go, go to that scripture there about, it says, truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. What does that look like to you? Better yet, what would it look like if someone had all this on? What would that look like if somebody, the, the, uh, Dave, let's go to the, the passage there with the, I mean, not the passage, uh, the slide there with the uh, truth, righteousness, and all that stuff. There you go. Come on. All right. What does that look like? It's really Jesus. Jesus is the truth. 
Jesus is righteousness. He is the peace. He is our author and uh, perfecter of our faith. He is the salvation that we can have. And he is the word of God. And he does all these things for his followers. He gives us the truth, enables us to live by the truth. He enables us to have righteousness by our faith in him. He enables us to have the gospel of peace and share that. He also gives us our faith and models our faith for us. He gives us salvation that we enjoy and shows us how to live out our salvation. And he gives us the word of God so that we can properly use it. You see, all this really we can argue when you put on the form of God, what you're really doing is just putting on Jesus. Jesus. When we put on the form of God, we're just putting on Christ in our lives. Galatians 3, 26, verse 27 says, hey, when we rise up from baptism, it says we are now clothed with Christ. So at the day of baptism, the day in which we, we uh, 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 get uh, 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 into communion with the God our Father, is a day in which we are actually draped in Christ, but draped in the body, and, and excuse me, in the, draped in the armor of God. And so what that means is that we have to daily keep putting it on. Keep putting on Christ in our lives, coming close to Jesus, knowing Jesus, so that we can be strong and walking closely with God Almighty. So here's the question of the hour then. Do you have the armor of God on? Do you have the armor of God on? Maybe no. Maybe you don't because you never really received the armor. You never put on. You think maybe I, I can buy or I can borrow the armor. No, it's only given to God's people when they repent and get baptized and follow him. You say maybe some of us today, the question is, do you have the armor on? Do you have the, on the armor of God or do you have it on display? Just like the picture up there. Is it just on display? Is your armor there? Like, yeah, here, here's, here's what I have. I don't, I don't necessarily put it on, but here's what I have. It's like a mannequin in, in, at a mall or something. Or, or no, you know what? It, it's, in my, it's in my hall of fame back in my house where all the other, you know, artifacts from my battles. You should have saw me back in the day. And it's just there, it's, it, it looks nice, it's enclosed in, in this glass case, it looks pretty and, and everything, but you're not putting on the armor of God. You see, the armor of God is not supposed to be on display, it's supposed to be put on in our lives. Do you have on the armor of God? And this is why some of us, we're losing the battles constantly. Our family, our relationships, the peace that we're missing out, the joy, the spiritual victories, effectiveness as a Christian. It's missing because we don't have it on. We have it on display. Or some of us, we've never had it on. I want to encourage you to make a decision today to say, I want to learn more about this. And I want to put this armor on. And I know we have so many great examples here of unrelenting soldiers of Christ in the congregation. And, and, and I'm inspired by so many in here. But I want to encourage you, if you're an unrelenting soldier of Christ, hey, have an influence now. Help others become unrelenting soldiers of Christ. Help them put back on the full armor of God. Amen? Amen. So what do we need to do with all this? Well, here's what I think we need to do. We need to decide to be unrelenting soldiers of Christ and put on the full armor of God. This is a spiritual battle for eternity. And the only way to win is to be unrelenting soldiers of Christ with the full armor of God on. Now, I know many of us were at different places. 
where we're at today spiritually. So what that means for everybody might be a little different. For some in here, putting on the armor of God and becoming an unrelenting soldier of Christ may mean just making a decision to study the Bible and learn more about God. For some of us, it may mean making a decision to get right with God as soon as possible. We've been, we've been studying out the Bible. We've been looking and deciding, I, I want to do this, but we haven't made that decision. Well, make a decision to repent and get baptized. So excited about Emma and the choice that she's made. She's going to be putting on the full armor of God. For some of us, it may mean we need to make a decision to get open about our lives and get some help. We're, we're, we're not living in the truth. The belt buckle of truth is not on because we got some deceit going on. There's some things we're not being vulnerable with, and we need to get some help. For some of us, it means to stop putting on some of the armor and put on the full armor, giving our whole life to Christ and in his battle. For some of us, it means now it's time to equip and to help and to build and to train more unrelenting soldiers of Christ. We've been living, we're in the battle, but now it's time for us, as we put on the full armor, to again train, equip, and build others to that same point. But here's one thing that we all can do. Let me give you a practical here, amen? I like practical application here, so let's just get practical. So here's some action steps for this week, all right? Every day this week, just every day this week, start your day off by reading Ephesians 6, Verses 10 through 18, and pray for the strength of God for the spiritual battle. That's pretty easy right there, isn't it? Just go ahead, read through it every day in the morning so that you can go out into the battlefield and you can pray. And that's what verse 18 is about. You can pray for God's strength. That will help us keep our minds focused. It will help us put on the full armor. And I believe we'll have spiritual victories. And guess what? I believe some of us will go beyond just that seven days. And I believe if all of us did this, we're going to see such spiritual victories, we're going to be amazed. It will transform this congregation. It will transform our neighborhoods, our jobs, our schools. It, it might transform the San Gabriel Valley, Burbank area as a whole. It's a spiritual battle. It's real, y'all. The stakes are high. But guess what? Again, Jesus already won the war. We just have to put on him, put on the armor, and win the battles. The war is won. We just need to win the battles by putting on the full armor of God, by putting on Christ. Let's close out in Ephesians chapter 6, reading again verse 14. You guys are with me here. Ephesians 6, verse 14, the armor of God. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let us be unrelenting soldiers of Christ who win the spiritual battle. Amen. Amen.